0: Welcome to the My Family Thinks I'm Crazy podcast. I'm your host, Mark Palmer, coming to you live with an episode with my personal friend, someone I've gotten to know over the past few months. You know him from Bledsoe Said So, a new podcast that is top ranking, hitting the charts, full speed ahead. And all of the best wishes from us at the My Family Thinks I'm Crazy podcast. You know where to find me. Instagram at MyFamilyThinksI'mCrazy. My crazy.com. You can go to AltMediaUnited.com to see what I've been putting together behind the scenes. And speaking about behind the scenes, you can go to Patreon.com slash MFTIC to see everything we're doing behind the scenes. And specifically The Scene, that is the synchromistic Exploration of the Ever-Expanding Now, which is a podcast. It's also a video series, so please join us there and check it out. And if you join the Patreon, we have a bunch of tiers that you can be a part of. Uh, tier, maybe just uh, groups. Uh, it just means you could give me as much money as you want. And if you give me $33 a month you don't have to do it every month but if you do it one time I'll send you a book from my own personal collection and we're going to give a shout out to Tasha Patterson and her husband and we also got to give a shout out to Elizabeth because they both just joined the $33 best friend book club so shout out to you ladies we really appreciate you being here and with that folks Enjoy this fantastic episode with a close buddy of mine, someone who is just the kindest dude. We talk on the phone. He tells me what's going on in his life. He's invited me multiple times to go visit him, and I'm going to take him up on that. But you'll hear that and more in this conversation with my buddy, Ryan Bledsoe. And be sure to check out his podcast, Bledsoe Said So. It is not hard to find, because I'm telling you, folks... It's huge.
1: Can I go a little deep? Please. I just want to clarify. It just proves what you're saying about being in a certain vibration. Nature feels comfortable with you. They fly in and out of this gorge. They're color intelligent. You know, they're light. Colorful light warps. They just dance around. I don't think there's any aliens that are coming to hurt us. I don't think, I don't necessarily know that that's possible. I mean, he drew beings down to the description of their eyes and the triangle on their chest. When they came to us to to do the investigation, they had drawings from 1952 where people had seen them. They had seen the same craft and the same beings. That's why from the jump, they knew my dad was telling the truth. Personally, I think they came to get a handle on the scenario, put out the documentary in a way that made us look really dumb and like we were lying so that it wouldn't get bigger. I believe that's why they started so many decades back with the alien story, the physical material worldview, you know, Roswell crash and all that garbage they're putting out. Yes, the puppet masters, yes, I believe that they have access to advanced occult knowledge.
0: Let us into a week in your life, Ryan. Congratulations on everything going on. What's a week in the life of Ryan Bledsoe?
1: A week in the life of Ryan Bledsoe. It's pretty ordinary these days. I go to work, typical nine to five type thing, come home, you know, get on the phone, and we have these little powwows about like, what are we going to do for our next podcast episode? And then, you know, I guess you only asked about a week, but every two weeks, we have these big things where my co host and his wife, come to our place and we just record for hours and hours and hours. So it's actually funny as much content as we have right now. And, and with the numbers we're getting, we've, we've barely had the chance to like get together in person and work on this podcast. It's, yeah. it's usually five days a week, working a career or something totally mundane. You know, Ins- I'm in insurance. I'm an independent broker. And yeah, so Very it gets free. Yeah.
0: Yeah. That's funny. We were just listening to, um- the episode of Tinfall hat, they're talking about the world's fairs and Tartaria and how all these great fires are associated with that. And I was digging into it. And what came up funny enough is insurance because the development mm. of the whole modern day insurance companies, that was really hand in hand with fires because some of these buildings were doomed to be burned down because of the way they're built. I guess that's one way to put it. Right, right. or built to be destroyed in a sort of uh, pre-planned way, but yeah, it's just really interesting. The whole—I don't want to go too far into you know that realm. Yeah, professionally, but uh, but yeah, very mundane. In a conspiratorial realm, nothing is mundane, even insurance, Ryan.
1: Right? No, I'm right there with you, man. I'm I'm right there with you. But the the nine to five, you know, schedule of it, it's it's pretty boring. But yes, yes. I, I would not doubt that there was some sort of conspiratorial construction behind the whole insurance thing. I mean, it's, it's definitely got its regulations that make no sense, but right. You know, well, I'll say, you know, you're not the
0: average person working at nine to five (laughs) might not be, uh, as mundane to the average person, but to someone who's had pretty profound experiences in your life, your family. You know, what is working, you know, in a job like that feel like? I mean, do you kind of like try to keep your, you know, P's and Q's and not mention aliens around the water cooler or does it slip out every now and then?
1: I'll tell you what, <laughs> it's pretty boring living such a crazy, like, fantastic life and seeing phenomena, you know, this, this interdimensional stuff and, and these lights in the sky on a frequent basis. Every time I come home to visit my family, it seems like we, you know, get together and see something. And then you go to work and you have to sit at a computer for eight, nine hours a day. The podcast is way more fun. I can tell you that. In my recent job, I have let the cat out of the bag about the uh, UFO stuff. But there, there's been jobs in the past where I might have worked there for close to a year before I even mention it. Because it's the kind of thing when you're in the normal world, the work world, you know, the, the, uh, the retail world or whatever. You mentioned this kind of thing and it it can destroy your relationships. People can look at you funny. I mean, it's, it's something I I keep pretty guarded, but it's out of the bag where I currently work. So yeah,
0: in your case, it's more of like the community thinks your family's crazy in a sense, rather than your family thinks you're crazy. It, It seems like your family is pretty, you know, at this point, all on the same page, as far as what's going on.
1: Is that true or is that incorrect impression? It is true. The only thing is my mom, it's the funniest thing. Do you mind if I tell you a little anecdote to kind of answer that question? Go ahead. Okay. So this really nice individual who writes for a magazine called Harper Magazine. It's like New York City's oldest magazine, one of them. I'm not sure if you've heard of it. And he came to stay with my dad a couple of weekends ago and he spent the whole weekend kind of like, you know, doing some groundwork for a a write-up for Harper Magazine. And he laughed for two days after this because my mother, I don't know if you've seen the documentary about my dad, but my mother was kind of like very skeptical of the whole thing. She's, she's not really into the UFO. She's, she's seen them. She's experienced them. She knows they're real, but she doesn't like talking about it. And the funniest thing happened when the guy was there, he got to see the lights. Like, th- by the way, I want you guys to come see them. We definitely got to work that out. Absolutely. I know. I know we were very, we're very interested in, in checking that out for sure. Yeah, for sure. That'll be epic. Like you and Tara come out, we'll have a blast. But so when Sam was there with Harper Magazine, he got to see some of the lights for himself. And what he laughed about for two days was my mom, you know, he, he was trying to meet people in the family and he's like, Yvonne, tell me about yourself. And she's goes into this whole, oh, I'm not really into this stuff. I don't buy it. I don't, I'm not, you know, a big fan of talking about it, thinking about it. I just go about my life. Oh, look, there's an orb. And the biggest one of the whole weekend, she pointed out as she was telling how she's not into it. So that's my family's life. It's so normal to see this phenomenon that my mother, who's the skeptic, still sees it and still is not impressed by it. That's how many hundreds or even thousands of sightings we've had since I was 13. Um, It's it's pretty funny. So orbs are something that came up
0: recently on one of our trips to Woodstock, New York. I found this strange book all about orbs and Unfortunately, all I was able to do is take a picture of the cover. I, I didn't purchase it, but I think this is a fascinating area because it comes up in a couple different fields. You hear, you know, people who are really into Sasquatch talking about orbs, obviously UFO researchers, the SETI group people, you know, mm-hmm. and you have uh, these orbs that appear around megalithic sites and even cry circles. So, You know, I've always been fascinated by orbs, never seen one. I think the first time I heard of it was obviously in like Ripley's Believe It or Not, something to that degree, one of Mm -hmm. those books. But for someone who's actually experienced an orb, what to the best of your abilities, how would you describe it to someone who maybe never heard of it or doesn't have an idea of what an orb is?
1: Yeah, that's actually, that's a really good question. Most, And I'll tell you why. Because... Obviously the nature of this conversation is UFO related and there's this big split in the UFO world like the you know most people want to go the technological route is these invading martians who fly around in these little ships but that's not really the reality of what's going on the reality is there's a very spiritual interdimensional quantum physics whatever you want to call it um, side of the UFO phenomenon and that's where the orbs come in most people on the internet are so i guess you could say closed-minded that They don't even want to touch orbs they don't want to talk about it they don't want to look at it they don't want to think about it so that's not really a question i get asked a lot i'm really glad you asked that what i understand the orbs to be it's it's basically like a spirit you know it the the words are very similar you know in ancient ireland or whatever they might have called them fairies in the bible they might have called them angels ghost hunting shows they call them orbs you know but when they manifest in our dimension and our plane or whatever they look like these little orbs. They show up a lot in photography like that. You can see them with your eyes like that, but usually they have a streaking tail. It's just light. It's, it's an intelligent consciousness that we perceive as light. That's the best I can explain it. It is a being. It's a soul. It's, it's, it's a real entity inside those orbs. It's not just like some little ball of plasma. Like the, It's, it's, it's a, a living being. I'm sorry. Do you hear my cat? I have a very needy cat. Do you hear her meowing?
0: That's fine. We don't mind a little background noise for folks. Listen, I'll take the moment to explain to folks. If you hear any, any rain, we're sitting lakeside here. So we thought the atmosphere might add to this very, very interesting conversation. I mean, your father's experience happened near a body of water. I'm mm-hmm. curious to ask, is there a body of water near your property? And do you think orbs have some sort of connection to landscape or certain areas? are more available for these orbs to access, so to speak. And orbs being, like you said, I tend to see them as light. I mean, from everything I've read, it seems to me like they're just sort of uh, like the way a fish would look up and see our shadow mm-hmm. you know, as we're standing mm-hmm. over the water and like wonder what we are. We're kind of looking at this light signature from this higher dimension as
1: that's D this third dimension. Dude, that's deep. That's a great way to explain it. I'm going to use that from now on. That's I, fine. please. That's deep. That's epic. Yeah, I, I feel the same way. I feel like it's, you know, because we have five senses. Oh, I'm going to get back to your question too, because I just, I had to reiterate on that deep comment. We have five senses, right? Like sight, sound, smell, taste, touch. Did I miss any? Anyway, how could we perceive something that's Made of light fully with our five senses. I mean, there's got, it, it's not just these little balls, like there's, there's, there's intelligences behind them. And my father, up close in person, has seen entities come out of these orbs. So I just, I really feel like it's kind of like one of my lots in life to share that these orbs are more than just what people say on the internet, that it's just like a little dust in the lens. They're real entities. Anyway, so back to your question. Yes, my father does currently live at a pond in the woods. Kind of a long story how he got there, but it's this really awesome 13 acre property. When you guys come, that's where we'll be. And who knows? Maybe we could film a, a like an hour special out there, just us or something. I don't know, but yeah, that'd be awesome, right? Like an episode with my dad or something. That'd be incredible. But yeah, so he lives on on a body of water, and then his first experience was on the Cape Fear River. I'm so sorry, my catch, but i not on my computer. He lived. He he had his first experience at the Cape Fear River, which is not very far away. And yeah, it seems like most of his experiences have been by bodies of water. I don't really know that the phenomenon cares so much about the geography of the land. My instinct is that it's probably that they're going to interact with you when you're in a more secluded area so that other people who maybe weren't supposed to see something won't see it. Because despite what people think, like, why don't they just show up if they're real, blah, 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 where there's free will. And this really is a destiny thing. I truly believe that as we get closer to the age of Aquarius, and that's very important, I think, for, for the development of human consciousness, you know, it's only going to go to the next level in the next age, right? It has every previous age. We've hit new philosophical knowledge, technological knowledge, et cetera. As we get closer to the age of Aquarius, I think more people around the world are going to start seeing these orbs and they're going to realize like, dang, they really are lying about this stuff. But they show up to people who are supposed to see them, I feel like when you're ready, not necessarily like you're supposed to or not, but when you're ready. And I don't think that these orbs, these beings, whatever, are just going to show up in Times Square for for billions of people around the world to see on TV. They don't really work like that. They're very sneaky. They're very subtle. And that's why I think they showed up at these bodies of water when my dad was around, because they were very secluded.
0: Right. And and can you speak to maybe why, obviously, preparation placed on your path in life, and maybe even purpose, and whether your purpose is to even interact with these things. Like, did your father lead a, an exceptional life in any way that would have maybe foretold such a, a fortuitous event? I mean, obviously, this white lady, this glowing, you know, magnificent entity that he has right. relationship with. It's you know. I'm curious how someone stumbles into that or if it was sort of predestined.
1: I think it's a mix of both, but I think everybody's life is predestined and, and a lot of people might not like that, but it, it is what it is. I really do believe that. My dad did a... So let me just back up a little bit to address the question. In 2007, for, just for the listener who, who, who may not be familiar, or, you know, just to say it, there is a documentary about my father who was on the Discovery Channel I believe it aired in 2008. I'm really fuzzy on that because I was a little kid and I haven't really watched it much. But so his initial encounter happened in 2007, right? So when they did the documentary, it was a total like smear job. But what they did do was they brought a hypnotic regression, like a legitimate hypnotherapist. And they did a regression for my father. And what was the question you had just asked? I was bringing that up for a reason. I'm very... Well, I'm curious to, to know if there was anything exceptional about your father's. Thank you. Led to this. Yeah. Thank you. I knew I brought it up for a reason. I'm sorry. I'm very ADHD. You've heard my show, (laughs) you know, you know, we go on tangent. So that was one of the things that came up in my dad's regression was that the, the, these, you know, like under hypnosis, that the entities had told him that he was chosen to live this life before he was born. And then his soul comes from another place. Now that's going to sound really weird, but I think everybody may have, in some form or fashion, chosen their life before they lived it, kind of like some soul contract kind of thing. So, yeah, I don't know. I think it's a mix of destiny and a mix of just like kind of random encounter, you know? But the life he lived actually was pretty extraordinary before all those stuff. He was a self made millionaire. He grew up on a farm, you know, up until he turned 18. And then it was like, you know, go get a job kind of out in the South, you know, dirt roads back then. It was, it was a lot of poverty around here. And uh, he became a self-made millionaire, but he was very philanthropic. Like he just wanted to give the clothes on his back to everybody. He employed a lot of his friends and family members. I mean, it was a pretty big operation and through a sequence of events and just getting really physically and mentally sick because of a combination of Crohn's disease and toxic medications, he, he pretty much gave the business away and went broke and it was like the next year that this encounter happened and then you know our lives changed but yeah i'd say it's a pretty extraordinary life from rags to riches to rags and you know most people don't really go through that most people don't really manifest all this money and then just you know go down the tube with it i'd say that's a pretty movie worthy life. but yeah and i i would say it just it it, it beckons the thought
0: of like this karmic flow and Right, Where your father was when he was an early man, how he pushed past his circumstance to create abundance for himself in that way. Mm -hmm. And then in a almost flip turn, when the material abundance is taken away, there's this spiritual abundance. Exactly. That takes the place. And now even has the effect, I'm sure, on inspiring many other people who listen to your show and, and have heard about your father's Story, right? And maybe that answers some, you know, unanswered questions in their life. Have you had many people reaching out? I mean, have you felt like an effect of like magnetism from your father being so uh, transparent and honest and
1: getting the story out there? Yes, absolutely. I can confidently say this is not an exaggeration. Since I was 13 years old and my father had this experience, so just frame a reference, I'm 28 now. So that's been 14 years that this story has been out there, like in the collective consciousness, whatever, on TV, you name it. And I can confidently say that we've come into contact with at least a thousand people in one way or another, just, and I just mean in contact with like see face to face, come to our property on the phone messages, not to mention the thousands and thousands out there who've read about it. And, you know tweeted at us or, you know, left a comment on a YouTube video or something. But yes, it's, it's, it's had a very magnetic pull and oh my God, I'm so sorry, <laughs> I can't jump on the computer. She's very needy. She was abandoned as a kitten, but I would say, God, where was I? My cat does this. That's all right. Alec, friend of the show, Alex Stein has a cat he calls
0: keyboard, Kyle, who <laughs> consistently presses keys while he's doing live streams. So. You know, it's the Bledsoe said so has a similar situation
1: going on <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So in the studio. I was saying something about, oh, we yeah, had the magnetic pool. So lots of people have come and I would uh, argue, maybe this is common sense. I don't know. I mean, it's, it's been a lot of years that I haven't really been out there to like speak my mind. And maybe maybe this is common sense. But I would say because it's true, because this phenomenon really did come to our property. It really did happen. And I think people are kind of magnetically attached to the truth. You know, that's why like your show, other shows like obviously Sam and and many other ones like Greg Carlwood or, oh my God, or even like America, all these other shows out there that are getting really big. It's because you guys are speaking about things that are true and that resonates with people. Same with the phenomenon. Yeah. Absolutely. I'm glad to welcome you into this community. I'm pretty new to it
0: myself. But. Yeah, it feels you're right at home here to have personal encounters within your family. Now, as far as the magnetic pole, I mean, it hasn't just attracted positive influences no. or positive forces. Am I wrong?
1: No, you, you are correct. There have been, I'm sure you know this, but just for the listener's sake, I'll, I'll go into it a little bit. There have been government spies and spooks and things like that who have meddled with our family life. Since I talk about it a lot publicly, it dies down um, and they get sneaker and sneakier with their messages and their trolling and whatnot. But there have been some death threats. And again, let me just totally reiterate who I'm talking about for the audience who has no idea who I am or what I'm saying. When the documentary was filmed, so my father had this incredible encounter in 2007. On the Cape Fear River in North Carolina, it was like inter, it was beings of light, interdimensional phenomenon. I mean, it was it, it was incredible. So much so that when he reported it to MUFON, which is the Mutual UFO Network, it's one of the big you know UFO intelligence collection arms, and they pose as being this little volunteer organization, but they're not. It's very intelligence, you know, just like most things out there are, right? Like you guys know this, your conspiracy show, government involved and everything. So when my dad did his report. Within days, he got a callback like, Oh my God, you know, the the description of what you drew and experienced, you know, the craft, the beings, it matches some reports that we have from the 1950s. We want to come to your property. Next thing you know, the Discovery Channel is on our property shooting a documentary and they, they tried to smear us. And that snowballed into us getting involved with like CIA people, Pentagon people, NASA people. I mean, when I was 15 years old, I was home for the summer because I was out of high school, you know, summer break, and I get a knock on the door and it's a guy from NASA. And then he, he was in our family. It seems like every few months he'd be driving from Cape Canaveral just to stay with us and, and write up, you know, little investigations on us and whatnot. I have a tech type right here, a tech This thing is 800,000 years old. It was given to me by the guy in NASA. He just gave. He was actually the world's authority on tech tights. Pretty cool. His name is Harold Pobbenmeyer. Wow. Have you actually, uh, uh, this is really interesting. Have you heard anything
0: about the Australia Tech uh, maybe I'm not getting that word correctly, but all of these tech that sort of exploded in one big burst. Uh, Bruce Fenton was just talking about this on his appearance on Tinfall Hat and I yeah, he was talking about it on the higher side as well. But
1: I know Bruce, by the way. We know each other. Yeah, yeah. Excellent. Yeah, we know but, each other.
0: Yeah, so Bruce is talking a lot about tech recently and you know, I have a couple tech tights you know just from purchasing them at different crystal and mineral stores and wow. I I've always been fascinated by stones I have one stone called a nebulous stone which is also purportedly from a meteor you know explosion or or finding but what are your thoughts on on that have you looked into minerals at all is it just like a keepsake or
2: Yeah. I mean, it's
1: mainly a keepsake. So, okay. So we're going to go conspiracy here. Let's hear it. Let's do it. So again, when when I was 15, because the the original encounter happened when I was 13, remember for the audience sake, it was my father, Chris Bledsoe Sr. I was just a little kid, but I was around. And after the documentary aired, it seemed like that following summer is when we got the knock on the door and it was the guy from NASA. And he investigated us for 11 years. And he just would shower us with gifts. I mean, he also gave me this 9,000-year-old arrow. He gave me all kinds of little goodies. Like when my sister graduated college, he drove out 12 hours just to see her college graduation. And then he gave her this like real silver coin from the Vatican. And he would shower us with these gifts. Now, the conspiracy, you know, thinker in me, question everything, question everybody, even when they're nice. I think they may have been showering us with all this stuff. Just hypothetically here, right? Because I really do know these people. So it's tricky for me to (laughs) kind of like speak out against people I know. Hypothetically, it's like, what if they were showering us with all these gifts so that we wouldn't really go talk about them? You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. But it took me until I was 27 to get to that thought. took me until I was 27, since I was 14 to 27. Took me that long to figure out. Wait, what if they're being so nice for a reason? Right. I mean, we don't want to put anybody at risk, but we'll even push the pedal a little
0: harder on the floor here, Ryan. I mean, if you if you were to speak out and their niceness didn't work on you, what would happen? Is there things? That- well, Mark, I'm already doing it. Exactly. So <laughs> I'm just wondering, like, you know, he
1: speed <laughs> ahead, <laughs> so <if> <laughs> get the whole stick, they got to go there, I'm sure. No, I mean, you can ask questions. I'm very happy to answer. I just, this is your show, brother. Like, I don't want to no,
0: no, no, no. I, I just mean, like, this process, because it is a process, and, you know, one-hour, two-hour conversation can only get so much. But, yeah. you know, I encourage people to join the journey with you as it's starting, because as this unfolds, you know, over your show i'm sure more memories even will come to the
1: forefront it is it is that's the that's the cool thing sorry to cut you off but oh it's okay it's very cathartic because as we go to the drawing board and we figure out where we want to go next what we want to talk about next and and we're we're thinking of of telling the story in a fully comprehensive way from us and it's just like all these memories are coming and and flooding back and here's a cool little thing i'm not going to announce this to like my following or whatever, but i I figured it'd be cool to tell you definitely might be a hypnotic regression for me and my siblings in the works. I have found somebody credible in my area and it's not super expensive, and she's already agreed to do it. It's just up to me to pull the trigger and pay the money and I might be getting my hands on some pretty epic hypnotic regressions for for you know me and my siblings, something that was never offered to us, but you would think if they really had our interest in heart, wouldn't they have been trying to regress us all?
0: you know Interesting. yeah to to. Really get to the bottom of this, but more often than not, these three-letter or maybe even four-letter agencies are behind cover-ups, concealments, and and just straight-up destruction of information. As yep. Has been the case of pressure? Obviously, bring up the the smear campaign at the hands of the Discovery Channel, which is most likely. I mean. Uh, they're owned by the the same company that owns the History Channel, which is Smithsonian, and I'm I'm pretty sure. Which you know,
1: wow, they go all. The Isn't it Disney? Well, yeah, they probably they they probably own the Smithsonian. I mean, I wouldn't doubt it.
0: I don't it's, know. I don't want to speak out of turn here and say something that's untrue, but it's all in the same realm. And I, yeah, yeah, I'm just like curious. Is that how far it went? Is there any cases where things went
1: missing? Yes. Home and and things like that. Yes, my father had a laptop that we we went out to dinner or something one evening, and when we came back, it was gone. The only thing left was the cord. My father's a very particular man; he left it in the same spot every night. There have been things that go bump in the night. Now there was a lot of poltergeist activity too, like you know that's what I'm saying about the bump in the night. But he definitely had a computer go missing, and he has some things on there that were sent to him by people in, in intelligence communities. Let's see, things go missing. Yes. So many years ago when my dad called, like I said, they did an hour and a half regression, right, for the documentary's sake. They only showed four minutes of the regression. When my dad called them to get a copy of the tape, they literally told him that they lost the tape. You would think they're telling us in person, they did a documentary about us. This might have been their most famous case ever, MUFONs. It might might be, I don't know. I mean, it probably is. Why would they lose that tape? Typical story. Typical story. They came to our property. They got evidence of the ground that there were radiation marks from where little beams had walked around and stuff. You know, trees in our backyard had decayed and fallen apart because of radiation. They never released any of that. All the physical data that they had found didn't release a single bit of it on the documentary. And what they did, so, you know, talk about smear. What they did was they pulled a fast one on my dad. They said, We'll be at your property at nine AM tomorrow. Nine AM comes around, ten a.m. comes around, you know, the next day, and we're expecting them to be here any minute. They're all flying in from LA, whatever. My dad gets a call after they were supposed to have came to our property, the documentary crew, by the way. And they said, Hey, change of plans. We're on this hotel out on So and So Highway, out, you know, out by where we live. People wouldn't know where it is. Can you come meet us at the hotel? My dad says, Sure drives 30 minutes or whatever to the hotel, gets there. Somebody greets him at the door and says, hey, we need to take you to a conference room. We're going to begin filming. Walk my dad into this room. There's bright lights and cameras in his face. Boom. They sit him down with an FBI agent and start with a lie detector test before they filmed a single other thing. Now, if you watch the documentary, they show that last. And they conclude the documentary with that my dad is lying and being untruthful. But what happened in that room, of course, they didn't show this part. They asked 30 plus questions over four hours until my dad finally got an inconclusive and then they aired that to the world on the documentary
0: wow that sounds like the type of thing they would do to like a, a spy or something like yes you know this is a person who had an otherworldly encounter and they're treating it like he's stealing nuclear coats
2: yeah yeah very threatened by Everything that they found, did you get the 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 eleven years of research that they collected? Like, did your family get to keep that?
1: Well, no, no, at least uh, now that that is a little bit of a no, I don't. But th- I just want to clarify. So the 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 NASA guy investigated us for eleven years. The MUFON and Discovery Channel team and get investigated us for a few months. Actually, found a bunch of data and then didn't give any of it to us. And, you know, they lost the regression audio or whatever, but I've got very good news. Just, I think it was yesterday, I got my hands for the first time in 14 years. I got my hands on my father's original regression, just total synchronicity. If you want a copy, I'll gladly send it to you. I got my hands on it. It's a, it's a, it's a transcribed audio version. I mean, transcribed text version of the audio, but that's, that's pretty epic. And I'll, I'll definitely be releasing that here soon. I would recommend you put it. In- with ipfs or something in a you know
0: a way that it's backed up and secure it has to be like deleted or you know copy it out to a usb file and bury it in the backyard or something you know heck yeah man you know there's so many ways but not to go off on the tangent i mean it's just mind-blowing the you know how these two realms intersect and i wonder you know obviously having such a, a brush with these people. You know, experiencing them knocking on your front door quite literally, you know, what are your thoughts on the real objectives? I mean, people after 9 11, I remember, you know, you bring stuff up about that and it's like, well, these people are just protecting our country. But you see them investing so much time in harassing and investigating quote unquote someone like your father who's had. An experience that he didn't ask for that to happen to him. It's not like he went yeah. out and summoned a, a UFO strike against the city or something. Like, <laughs> oh, no, he doesn't want to use this in like a villainous way. So why are all these resources being, you know, what's your thoughts on that?
1: I think this is, right, can I go a little deep? Please. I think that. These groups at the top of society, and I mean the top at the top, like above the CIA, you know who they are, the Rothschilds, the Rockefellers, all these big, you know, mega rich people, whatever. We all yes, the puppet masters, yes. I believe that they have access to advanced occult knowledge. And I believe they they were saying it. They were writing, Aleister Crowley, all these other people, they were writing it in their texts that they that we were going to enter a new age. Now, I believe that's why they started so many decades back with the alien story, the physical material worldview, you know, Roswell crash and all that garbage they're putting out. I believe they started with that so early so that by the time we were uh, actually going to approach the age of Aquarius and people start seeing these real lights in the sky, that they've planted this seed of discord so that people will be totally confused by what's going on. Yeah. So I think they showed up on our property. They knew without a doubt, just from my dad's report. I mean, he drew beings down to the description of their eyes and the triangle on their chest. When they came to uh, to, to do the investigation, they had drawings from 1952 where people had seen them. They had uh, seen the same craft and the same beings. And that's why from the jump, they knew my dad was telling the truth. Personally, I think they came to get a handle on the scenario put out the documentary in a way that made us look really dumb and like we were lying so that it wouldn't get any bigger because naturally the narrative is not that it's not the beings that you know the blood cells are singing the narrative is these physical monsters these aliens that are riding around in these flying saucers and they're going to invade us there's a documentary coming out soon actually some of my friends made it unfortunately that, that talks about that like we're being invaded what's going to happen when we get invaded it's bullcrap we're not being invaded there is no alien invasion that's not going to happen that's not true that's not possible it's all a lie
0: yeah yeah i think i might know exactly which one you're talking about but i i think this is part of the deception like you're saying mm-hmm. they have this higher knowledge this esoteric knowledge and they mm-hmm. regard you know us as unworthy of it so they give us the exoteric knowledge and yep. you know this it's funny considering what we kind of offhandedly mentioned about the newest tinfoil hat episode, because they called those world fairs expositions. And I'm oh holy! Hmm, I wonder what the S position is. The you know? <laughs> yeah. uh, this wow. position. I don't know. A lot of wordplay going on in my mind lately. But, you know, these, these groups certainly, you know, between you and I, we know, are manipulating these other realms so yes as far as the interdimensional beings though seems to be that they've had always a benevolent nature where your interactions with them have been nothing but benevolent so you know as far as people who say well all these aliens are controlling us and they want to hurt us and they're Destroying us. What are your thoughts on on that? The people who are afraid of these, like you know, aliens out there. What would you say to them?
1: I think it's untrue. Not what you're saying that people are afraid of it, but untrue that what they're afraid of. I don't think there's any aliens that are coming to hurt us. I don't think. I don't necessarily know that that's possible. I'm I'm starting to wonder with a lot of my brain power, meaning like I'm devoting a lot of time and energy thinking about. I'm starting to really wonder if we might be in a realm or what they might call a simulation. I talk about that a lot on my podcast. I don't necessarily know that I believe that it's possible, if that makes sense. I'm giving myself an out here, so I don't like, oh, what do you know? You don't have a doctorate. Well, it's my opinion, right? (laughs) I don't know that I believe that it's possible to leave this planet, go to another planet, you know, land, get out for a Slurpee at the gas station to get some Martian gas. I don't know that that's possible, dude. I'm starting to wonder if the celestial bodies that we see in the night sky are other dimensions.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, that's a big part of of everything I've been considering lately is, you know, this obsoletism that they try to give us where we're in this obsolete meaningless universe. Right. You know, everything's so far away and spinning so
1: fast that. And it's only material. Yeah. Only physical. Yeah.
0: Yet, you know, over and over folks like yourself and from cultures all over the world have these extraordinary experiences with beings that they describe as coming from the stars, having an aura, you know, flying all these qualities that Mm -hmm. suggest to me a sort of light, A nature where they're lighter than air,
2: Mm -hmm. possibly
0: light, like we're talking about with these orbs.
2: Electric.
0: Electric. even, Yeah, 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 yeah. Electric. And, Uh, and, 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 you know, bodies of water are conductive, you know, so. Dang, I didn't think so. so Yeah. And so, you know, you have this pond, you have the Cape Fear River, and then you have the Appalachian Mountains, which are, you know. Extremely old, the
1: oldest mountain chain in the world. Do you know about the phenomenon there? Tell me the Brown Mountain Lights. I've actually been there many times. That's in the Appalachian Mountains in North Carolina. For
0: those who haven't heard of it, please can you explain uh, that?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it, I mean, this is a this is a historic North Carolina phenomenon. Like this has nothing to do with the Bledsoe family. It's been going on for hundreds of years. There's monuments. I shouldn't say monuments. More like plaques but there's plaques at the Brown Mountain Lights in, it's, it's Linville, North Carolina, or it's Linville Falls. For some reason, there's two cities right beside each other. One's called Linville, one's called Linville Falls. I can't remember which one it is, but, and it's this big, beautiful gorge in the uh, Appalachian Mountains where there's like a ridge that you can stand on and there's plaques all around talking about how Native Americans for hundreds of years, since the 1600s and 1700s have been telling stories of this phenomenon i've seen it with my eyes i've taken people with me thousands upon thousands have seen this there's orbs that fly in and out of this gorge they're color intelligent you know they're light colorful light orbs and they just dance around and the funny thing is no one can get a picture of them and there's even a contest there i mean i don't know it's been a few years since i've been there but there was a contest like for the first person they could catch one on photograph they'd get a cash prize uh, you definitely google it man it's just called the brown mountain lights and that's
0: you know right in line with what we were just talking about about this electric you know paradigm and i think yep. you know the equipment that we're using to take these photographs are inherently flawed in their ability to capture something of that nature i think because of the you know what i'm not a, a photography scientist so i can't speak to the techniques of it but you know, from my layman's understanding, it seems like over and over, and I was just talking to Tony Merkel, you know, the confessionals podcast, someone who's, you know, interviewed dozens and dozens, hundreds of eyewitnesses and equipment malfunction is a reoccurring theme with a lot of investigatory people and even just accidental, like, you know, people who weren't, you know, interested in the stuff, but ran into it, you know, just by circumstance. And I wonder, you know, what your thoughts are on on that, and whether you know you've experienced at your father's home any equipment malfunction of any kind, any electronic devices acting weird, or things of that nature.
1: I got to give it to you, Mark. In 14 years of being like one of the famous UFO cases that people have studied, I've met a lot of people who ask a lot of questions, and some of the questions you're asking are right in line with with with, you know, the heartbeat of this subject. So props to you, man. Most people don't think to ask questions like that. Yes. We've had cameras fried, literally cameras destroyed. Previous to 2012, my father would try to take photos of these orbs and these lights in the sky and they would, they would disappear. And right, it seems like right before he saw this lady entity in 2012, he took a photo of an orb for the first time. And then when he went to look at his camera, the software was fried. The camera didn't work; he had to throw it away. When he took the SD card out, I'll send you the picture. The photo was recovered, and it's all blurry or Like I'll send it to you right after this. You could—I don't know—you could put it up on the episode if, if you want. That's your that would call. Be so cool, yeah. Yeah, it's it's totally your call. I mean, feel free. And maybe I'll send you some orbs. You could put them up on the episode too. I've it got done Cool, yeah. cool, cool. Yeah, we'll we'll definitely do that. But yes, so that camera had to be thrown away just from taking a picture of an orb. And then, post two thousand twelve, after he saw this lady entity. Oh my God, dude, my dad has 10 to 15,000 photos of orbs. I've probably posted like 40 on Twitter, but we have thousands. And, uh, it's, it's like after you see 15 orbs, you're just like, I'm not impressed anymore. You know what I mean? Like, you know, the, the photos they, they get redundant, people are trolled and, and whatever. But, uh, so my theory there to, to really address your question, I think the orbs, the beings, whatever these phenomenon they're so intelligent that they know how to manipulate our technology. I think if they wanted to, they could just like become visible and let a photograph be taken, but it's, it's a free will thing. And I don't think that. So, so like, let's say I take a picture of you, right. In some way, your consciousness is possessing your form. Correct. Like your consciousness is possessing your body. I heard that on Duncan trust, uh, Duncan Trussell's podcast. It blew my mind. I was like, Holy crap. I never thought about it like that. If I take a photograph of you, In some way, I'm containing an image of the form that your consciousness is possessing against your will, right? So kind of my deep thoughts here is this phenomenon is so high above what we understand about reality. They don't necessarily allow themselves to be contained in any sort of comprehensible form outside of their free will. So when they show up in a photo, you better believe they let it happen. Right you now, right. you can't supersede
0: their will. No. Right. no, 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 no. Even with like animals, it's surprisingly difficult. You have to be yes, you know, right. To take a picture of a, a good picture of an animal. Yes, or in the situation with us, where if folks are on our Patreon, they'll see a lot of my photos that I can take of animals because synchronistically, I'm in the right vibration. You know, right the right the hawk that let us drive right up to it and stared me in the eye before flying off as it oh my god left its you know roadkill treat that it was you know trying to protect and then and stave off but you know. Ooh, and then the foxes, we saw two foxes on the beach and they walked wow right up to us. Right. That's extremely rare, dude. Right, right. So, you know, and these are the kind of things that I think, just like you were mentioning with your your father, you have to be in the right state of mind and vibration to even be allowed this sort of experience. I think the animals know that we're not hunters. We're not wild and unpredictable. Right. So our energy might be a little more peaceful to their higher perceptions you know their higher perceptory senses so yeah yeah and then and these orbs must be no different a
1: hundred percent man like uh, you again you're 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 really tuned in to the heartbeat of this i mean i i, I would say like you're freaking psychic dude check this out my dad this is extremely rare you ever met a wild goose they're mean as hell dude they bite at you they hiss at you my dad has fifty to a hundred of them that live on his pond and he feeds them and they will let him pet them. Wow. I'll send you videos. It's the craziest thing. He he'll paddleboard in the water and the geese follow him. <laughs> and they and they were wild. They were wild. Yeah. My dad bought three little white peeking ducks. Those are the kind that can't fly and like usually when you eat duck at a restaurant, it's a peeking duck. Oh. Um, and he bought three peeking ducks just because he, you know, lived on a pond. And through having those three peeking ducks mallard ducks and canadian wild geese 50 to 100 of them settled on my dad's pond and he feeds them every day it's just the craziest thing dude and it, it just proves what you're saying about being in a certain vibration nature feels comfortable with you wow now well i was gonna say now why i said you're really tuned in is because these beings told my father i'll send you the the, the regression transcripts too because he got a hypnosis For the lady encounter in 2012, and for the you know the 2007, and what they always tell my father is they are the forces of nature. They're the guardians of nature, like they are nature, right? They're light. When you look at the Egyptian hieroglyphs and all their little gods, the images are 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 men and women with the heads of a hawk or an alligator or a monkey or this or that. It's not literal. There wasn't a human that lived ten thousand years ago that had a head of a hawk and said I'm fal. It's a metaphor that the forces of nature are guiding us. It's it's advancing our consciousness throughout time. And um, that's what these beings are. They're the forces and the guardians of nature itself. So animals, like you were saying, it's hard to get them in a photograph too. Animals and nature are not that far apart to the beings. Right. And then, you know, it's all nature. You bring up this
0: stellar point that Tara and I have been really kind of tossing back and forth. It's this idea of like the zodiacal wheel Mm -hmm. shaping us through time. And I've always seen it as like the wheel is not closed. It's almost like spiraling, but we're looking at it from like, if you took like a wine corkscrew and pointed at yourself, it would look like a circle, even though it's really a spiral. Right. We're kind of looking at this like three dimensional spiraling up. And each stage of the wheel as you go up has a different effect or tone, you know, that affects your consciousness and then allows you to, you know, upgrade to that next step. And then when you reach the 12th one, you know, you start it all over again. But that first one is a little bit of a higher note, just like when you go through the solfeggio scale or how yeah. is it, you know, in this English language. <laughs> but
1: yeah. Dude, you have got to come out and meet my dad. You've got to. <laughs> You guys have got to come out too. And I will say it
0: is, you know, synchronistic, our meeting, because I remember being really impacted when I first heard your father speaking on the higher side chats. I remember it not set. It, I was unsettled by it. Like, I really felt like, okay, there's more here. I don't know what's going on and why I feel this way and, and talking to you over the past couple months now just here and there obviously with the nature of what i do and the nature of what what you do we've become good friends i think right yeah for sure and synchronistically so yeah i would love to be introduced to your father because when i first heard his voice i i was there it definitely put me in a different state of mind than i'm typically Mm. used to when i listen to podcasts especially greg's interesting
1: huh see he's my dad so i don't i don't i don't i see him a different way. Right. Well, it's not man, weird. I don't, I don't blame you. That's Interesting. Like, no, that's really cool. That's really cool to hear. My family thinks I'm
0: crazy. So I'm a little <laughs> jealous in the sense that, you know, you and your dad can see eye to eye on all these things. I'm sure that comes with its own challenges, you know, that you're not, you can relate to.
1: It me, does. But,
0: yeah. But yeah. I mean, wow. It's, it's truly
1: special that you would offer that. And I appreciate that, man. For sure, man. That'd be epic. I think we'll have a good time. Yeah. You, what you were saying about the 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 spiral thing—that's mm. that's some really deep stuff. Like, you know, the Dogon tribe talk about that. Are you, are you familiar with the Dogon tribe?
0: Oh yeah, and they're the uh, first people to correctly show a Sirius B, even though it's you know not right without a modern telescope. They knew about that whole dual nature of that star system.
1: Yeah, and one thing they said was there was a twin spirit realm. And then our realm, and then the twin spirit realm, they're kind of like on a spiraling path. Mm. And every now and then they cross. Wow.
0: See now, that is truly synchronistic. And I wish we were not lakeside. I wish we were in our other studio because we have this board that we've been sort of adding little facts to here and there. All about twins because twins keep coming up. And this idea of twin, the nature of the twin, Castor and Pollux, and how it relates to, you know, what's going on medically today where they're almost trying to create a digital copy of us on computers, you know, and right, you know, right. I don't want to go too far down the uh, censorship road and, and all the things that could get us banned, but I'm not afraid of that either. I just you know, right. respect you. You know, I think that's exactly why they want to violate our personal rights in that way is to create this sort of artificial soul on this controlled matrix and kind of maybe even move us further away from that organic one that has been sort of connecting with us through the other realms this whole time
1: i'll tell you what man i know you know who this guy is nick hinton i i kind of i've kind of tried to introduce y'all but everyone's so busy you know it'll happen if it's supposed to happen but if you want to go deep into that topic he's the man like you guys would really, yeah, he, he, yeah. He, he's really, and he wrote a whole thread called the Sentient World Simulation. He's the first person that I ever heard that from. And and then it's funny that you're the second person and the only other person I've ever heard that from. So you guys might really vibe with that kind of stuff. I um, will say, you
0: know, i listen to every episode of tinfoil hat. So I know Nick Kenton very well. I loved his conversation right. with Sam because he's always bringing up these amazing threads like the alien <laughs> hybrid gun runner thing i mean who could forget that story that was fantastic yeah. but yeah i think i think nick Hitten is definitely on his way to being on the my family Think some crazy podcast will manifest it i just booked him on tim fall hat a little uh, epic all there so thank you for putting me in touch with him that was definitely uh beneficial for all parties but yeah man i I think i think that's the the beauty of being in this podcasting realm now is that it's accelerated Mm -hmm. this ability for us to connect with like minds yeah the synchronicity i think really like the synchronicity was always there it's just like the internet allows for that engine to turn a lot faster so to speak
1: it's like truly some age of aquarius type technology where you know because of the internet now it's almost like nothing can really be hidden anymore and and also people can get in touch and and seemingly the speed of light it's unbelievable anybody can go out there and make a program and it go really big I mean, you know it's
2: it's starting the pieces together of yeah what reality actually is versus what we've been told it is 100 percent, and so merging like like the, the material realm and the metaphysical realm, I guess. Physical and non-physical, like going back to the twins and like Castor and Pollux. One twin being of the uh, mortal and the other being immortal. And that also being reflected in our psyche. And then going back to the, the zodiacal wheel and how that connects somehow. Absolutely. Interesting.
1: You know what's funny? I put out an episode of my podcast today, and this is a really weird synchronicity. You ready for this? And and, and the best part is we and, and you can attest to this, we literally the three of us decided to have me on today. This is spontaneous that I'm on your show. This kind of synchronicity there. On my episode that aired today of Let's have said so, so that's episode seven. We talk about just, there's a random quote. I was listening to my episodes on the air, just, you know, for people and there's a random quote that, that my co-host Nick said uh, something about Will Smith's Gemini man on the show that aired today. And I said, oh, Gemini man. Yeah. That's the one where now it's a clone, right? But just literally on my show, I was thinking of Gemini, the astrology. I said, oh yeah, that's the one where he fights his twin, right? And here we are having a whole conversation about it. So talk about synchronicity. That's weird.
0: And, you know, let's just know that we're in the right place. And even you, the person listening, I'm sure if you dig deep enough, you'll find a synchronicity attached to something you listen to. Because like you really, you know, acutely mentioned, this is the age of Aquarius working its magic through the now available technology for you, you know, and, and closing those gaps. I think synchronicity. Synchronicity always found its way in people's lives, especially people who are a little more tuned in. It's just how quick things can go from one place to another. And I think for those who are listening who might not have experienced any synchronicity, you know, I know what I would say, but what advice do you have for people who maybe? Are feeling like, oh, yeah, I know I'm just an insurance broker, but I don't have any of the Fayetteville fun and, you know, lights. And how do I make my life more interesting? I mean, obviously, you know, I'm not asking you to give someone one on one, but if you could put someone in the right direction, how to kind of connect with these other worlds.
1: I'll tell you what, I'm going to say this with caution. Okay. I think when people who lead a normal life start having very out-of-the-box experiences like synchronicity, seeing beings of light, things like that. And it does happen. Lots of people have been to our property and seen beings of light. Guarantee you when you two come, you'll see something. It's, it's a very normal phenomenon, but it's stigmatized, right? But anyway, back to what I was saying. When, when you start having accelerated synchronicities, a lot of people can get so wrapped up in it that it's so new, it's so, it's, it's so exciting that, that, that people have a hard time staying grounded. I've seen it plenty of times. So my caution here before I start telling people how I think, you know, they can start having crazy stuff happen is just remember that the stuff is normal, but most people in your life will think it's crazy. So if you start having experiences, look, dude, I'll tell you, my dad went on TV. He thought the whole world was going to believe him because he's an honest man. And everyone came out saying we were crazy. You know what I mean? Like people, people are brutal. So when you start having experiences, I'd recommend telling one or two people that you really trust and Keep that in the vault and don't go blabbing about it. So,
0: or you can call into slash mftic, leave your name out, we'll anonymously air your story on this podcast.
1: Yeah, or make your own podcast. But all I'm saying is don't go tell your mom and think she's going to believe you just because you-, <laughs> you know what I mean? Exactly. Just, just Find like minded, like minded, like minded. Yeah. Yes, because most people, yes, you you can very much get hurt. I mean, I, I lived it anyway. So now, With all that out of the way, I just had to keep my conscience clear. And, and, you know, if I'm going to have people have some crazy experiences, I don't want anybody getting hurt. If you start simply doing this, you ready? It's very simple. People are going to be like, that doesn't make sense. If you just start paying attention to synchronicities, it's going to accelerate like people wouldn't believe. Just pay attention. If you start seeing the clock at eleven, 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 or something, you know it doesn't have to be eleven, eleven. That's a common one. It's, it's kind of a cheesy thing, but it's a real phenomenon. You know, like it seems like every day I, I happen to glance at the clock unconsciously at eleven thirty three. I don't plan that. I'm not sitting there looking at my watch. I'm a busy man. You know what I mean? I'm not sitting here waiting. It's eleven, eleven. It's eleven thirty three. Oh, look! I saw it. It's not like that. It's just, it's just the weirdest things happen, and I'll catch a time or I'll be looking at my you know gps and it'll pop up this specific sequence of numbers that i see everywhere or you'll like like with with me and you today like the, the twin keeps popping up for you and then even i talked about it on my show that's really weird talking about synchronicity dude how weird is it when we were on the phone last week and i was like yeah i'm gonna be in vegas for my honeymoon i'm getting married october 8th i'll be in vegas somehow or another it came to the 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 conclusion that i'll be in vegas the night that the tinfoil hat has this 500th episode Oh. And you'll just fail. Yeah. Well, hopefully, I mean, that's, that's up to you guys, but you know, just synchronicities will happen when you start allowing them to happen. When you close off this part of yourself, that's like, it wouldn't happen to me. Who am I? I'm nobody. Everybody's nobody. That's the secret. Right. Right. Everybody's nobody. I'm a nobody. And I don't mean that offensively. I mean that like humbly. Anybody can have experiences. Anybody can see these beings of light. You just have to have an open mind and you have to like really allow it to take place. Right. And if you have a hard time with that, just go random nodding and then it's like game over. You're going to start having synchronicities like crazy. Yeah. What is, is, does random not only
0: work for people with iPhones? Cause I, I had a hard time using it and I have an Android.
1: Well, I was taught how to do it by, there's a specific technique. So for anybody who wants to do so, okay. Do your listeners know what Randonaut is? Do you talk about it?
0: Well, for those who don't know, please, if you could give it a little, because I, I, I mean, I could explain what it is from what
1: I know. I, okay. I, him talk about it. Basically, I've been talking with a developer too. He's a cool guy. But basically what it is, so they, they I'll, I'll summarize here. Chaos Magic. I'm sure you're very familiar with that, but just for the listener's sake, you know. Chaos magic is the concept that like the universe is a bunch of quantum randomness. And through exploiting that, you can manifest things very tangibly and physically in your life, like memes, dude, like memes are, are kind of like chaos magic to an extent. They, they can sort of change the course of reality itself by getting, you know, if a billion people think a meme is funny, well, on an unconscious level, they're going to resonate with it. And it's, it, it's going to have societal change. You know what I mean? So Randonautica is this company who has a free app. I'm not a part of them. I'm not paid by them. I just really enjoy doing, it. I've done it. And what it is, is they're connected to a quantum computer and it's, you know, it's an app on your phone connected to your GPS and it's kind of like mind machine interaction. You set an intention in your head. Like I want to see a rainbow or something. And you set, they recommend you set three points. So first point, it's quantumly random, right? So you, you calculate the point. You can set the radius within 0.5 miles of the one mile, whatever. Set the point, walk to the point, you might not see anything weird. Walk to a second point, you might see something a little weird, like a little note on the ground that has something specific that you were thinking in your head. By the time you get to the third or fourth point, you're gonna see something that's gonna be like, okay, that is really, really specific. And the concept is through quantum randomness, you can manifest synchronicities. So if anybody wants synchronicities, I highly recommend doing random. Set an intention in your head. Don't be, don't be like testing it don't be thinking something that's not likely just just have a thought in your head like i want to experience i don't know love people do that and they see like hearts graffitied on the wall at their final destination it's very weird and i think doing stuff like that can open a doorway in your life to uh synchronicities it's chaos magic basically
0: yeah. I mean, Tara and I have gone on road trips where we roll the dice and, and whatever the dice, if it's odds or evens, and that'll determine whether we take an odd route or an even route, you know, every. That's epic. was a number. So it's pretty, you know, it, it worked out really well. We were able to see some spots that the, you know, Google Maps would never have drawn us towards. And, and yeah, I think, you know, just like that, random nodding, figuring out ways to gamify life. Yeah. It, yeah, really step out of the mundane that we kind of began with here and then talking about the real deal. I mean, I hope one day, you know, you're making enough money from your podcast that you don't have to go and do that nine to five job. But, you know, I think that's like the new world we're entering into uh, again with the age of Aquarius, where people are, are doing a lot online. So people are spending yeah their life online. And here comes this uh, opportunity for a lot of people seems appealing, not us, Tara and I, I don't want to speak for you, Ryan, but like this whole virtual reality and jumping in there. And it, it just feels like, you know, Hmm. everything that we're talking about with the actual real world is still so mysterious and waiting for, uh, things to be uncovered and tapped into. And they are giving us like this ticket to completely tune out of that, put a big device over your face and enter into a virtual reality. I mean, it's just, and, and to go back to the term simulation, it's like we're already living in an organic simulation. Why re- right. recreate
1: that uh, triple, third, four or five times diluted? Yeah. Well, back to what you were saying earlier about the digital simulation, it's kind of like that sentient world where, you know, there may be people in the CIA or in one of these organizations who are creating a supercomputer whose whole job is to create digital copies of every one of us. So that they can affect us in the real world, almost like an avatar, like you kind of like a little digital voodoo doll. That's, that's how it was explained to me. Like you poke the little digital avatar, the real Mark or Tara might have really bad stomach issues and feel sick or something, you know? Like who, who knows? They might be doing that to us.
2: It reminds me of Allison McDowell and on the Greg Carlwood podcast. Mm-hmm. And she's talking about. Like, manipulating the DNA to make this, like, simulation clone twin of us. Right.
0: Eh? Yeah. A huge copy. Right? Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Wow. Exactly what Allison so, was talking about.
2: That's what they're doing.
1: Yeah, I mean, if you want me to be blunt, I don't think there there's any slight hint of any form of, like, alien threat. You know what I mean? I think if there really was some threat against humanity, I'm, I'm concerned it might be like AI or something digital, something technological. Right. And in my life's experience, and, and dude, I'm not saying this like egotistically. I'm just saying this because it's a documented fact out there in the world. I mean this from the bottom of my heart. I'm one of the people in this planet who's probably had the highest volume of, of interdimensional contact. It, it, it's just, you know, a documented fact. So there's a little bit of weight behind this.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: And, and every experience that I've had with these beings in 14 years, they have never harmed me. And they healed my father of a disease and other people who've come to our property have, have been healed of diseases and cancers and all kinds of things. My dad had Crohn's. It was, he immediately went into remission after his first contact. I, I do 100% believe that the, the beings, the, whatever they are, you call them aliens, you call them angels, I don't care. This is a linguistic matrix. Just get your, get your emotion. I'm talking to a listener, by the way. Get your emotional you know, response to words. Throw it out the door and just understand there is a phenomenon and that it is not equivalent with what we're being told it is by the government. They're benevolent. And the lie is that they're not. Right? I think the threat is on the computer.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And that goes back to our... Earlier point of like why are they spending so much energy to keep these interdimensional beings and the truth about their nature away from us?
1: Because they awaken us
0: Yeah, exactly. so
2: and maybe because that's our innate nature that we have yet to tap into, and if we follow along with the, follow, or the orbs and the and nature' we'll, we would uncover that like it sounds like your your father has.
1: Yeah. I, I think I think you basically just figured it out. And, and it's that simple. It's that simple. Like, that's what they are. These beings, they're they're like they're, you know, they're a natural phenomenon. They're like nature. Dude, I've been told this by people in the CIA. They know this. The Pentagon knows this. My dad had to report every bit of his experiences to them. They reported it to the president. Yet they're coming out on TV talking about there's these scary blips on radar that they're catching, this jamming our technology, committing acts of war. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. just tell the truth. Just, it is ludicrous. Well, Ryan, I know we planned this
0: last minute, so I, I want to let you go soon, and and the rain just cleared up, so we're probably going to jump in the in the lake, possibly. But nice, but Ryan, I mean, dude, you 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 really, I mean, when we first met. You said, hey, I want to start a podcast. And a lot <laughs> of people say that, you know, I really do. And and here we are a couple months later and your podcast has seven episodes out and over 20K downloads. I mean, that's, an, I mean, I have to congratulate uh-huh. you, dude. That's really awesome.
1: And I'm mind blown. I'm very mind blown.
0: You're off to a great start. And I encourage everyone who listens and loves this show to go support So Said So with yourself and your buddy, Nick. Not Nick Hinton, but... No, not Nick Hinton. Yes, it's my personal friend since I was 12 years old. That would be cool if Nick Hinton joins you guys as a guest. I know you are going to have guests in the future. It's in the works. I'm sure he will. But dude, this has been really cool. You've been kind as usual ever since I met you. You've been just the kindest person. So from the bottom of my heart, I want to thank you for joining us. And obviously, I I know the answer to this question. You know, ask every guest: Does your family think you're crazy? And I'm going to say they don't for you.
1: They're they're coming around to realize I'm 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 actually pretty intelligent, and I just put off a goofy atmosphere for fun. But yeah, I mean, a lot of them do think I'm great. Like external family, by the way. Thank you. That was really nice of you. And likewise, you know, we talked about this on the phone today. I want to have you on my show as well. We just haven't figured out the logistics of equipment. We only have two microphones and we want the quality to be a certain, you know, whatever, but we definitely want to have you on my show. Thank you for having me on yours. And you're definitely one of the people, you and Sam Tripoli and, you know, a few others who, who inspired me to do this. So thank you for inspiring me to do this. I'm really psyched. I could be there. I mean, wow.
0: I got the magic touch, it seems, because Bledsoe said so. is rocking the charts, and yeah, yeah, obviously, folks can go to Bledsoe said so. They could search that wherever podcasts are found: Spotify, Apple, and all the rest. Mm-hmm. Is there anything else you want to leave us with before we go here, Ryan?
1: I do have a Twitter. It's Ryan D. Bledsoe, and it's my personal Twitter. And you know, I I just use that for the podcast because the thing about this is, I guess I should say this: what we're doing is unique. This is. I don't know that this has ever been done where somebody has this real documented experience and they kind of do a mix of like anecdote plus analytical thinking. What we're doing is basically like a, a podcast documentary. It's it's a very meta project. So I think people will enjoy it. So feel free to check us out, com, And then like Mark said, other, other places like Apple and whatnot. Right on.
0: Well, Tara, thank you for joining me, Ryan. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. And, Listeners, enjoy the moment wherever you are, wherever you are in the now.